0: Oh, welcome to Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. It is, boy, let me tell you, just another day in paradise today. Uh, I think there's some congratulations in order. I want to congratulate you. Yes, you taxpayer, and of course, viewer of the best damn show on the internet, if you're watching this right now, your very own Senate, the men and women you elected to represent you and your interests have passed a $95 billion foreign aid bill, which aims to send $61 billion to Ukraine. I'm sorry, $61 billion to Ukraine. Here you go, Ukraine. Uh, let's see, $14 billion to Israel. Here you go. Here you go. Four point eight billion to Taiwan. We can't forget about them. There's some more right there. Here you go. And absolutely nothing left in there for you, even though you are footing the bill. Yay. Give yourselves a round of applause. Now, you may be thinking, well, it only passed because Republicans don't have majority in the Senate. There's nothing we could do. Well, you would be wrong. The treasonous bill actually passed 70 to 29 with 22 Republicans joining nearly all Senate Democrats to piss your hard earned money away. If you are represented by these senators and you are within the sound of my voice, let me just tell you, Senators John Boozman, Shelley Moore Capito, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, John frickin Cornyn, who is a disgrace to the state of Texas, Kevin Kramer, Mike Grappo. Joni Ernst, Chuck Grassley, John Hoven, John Kennedy, Mitch freaking McConnell, Jerry Moran, Lisa Murkowski, James Risch, Mitt Romney, Mike Rounds, Dan Sullivan, John Thune, Tom Tillis, Roger Wicker, and Todd Young. If you are within the sound of my voice and I just read your senator's name off of that list, primary these people and get them the hell out of office. By the way, it's not lost on me that nearly every Republican senator under the age of 55 voted no on this bill because it's the oldies that are the problem. All right. These career politicians who want to die, literally die in office. Dianne Feinstein, you got to get in that final vote, the very final vote before they croak from old age. Speaking of oldies in office, the blue screen of death in human form, Mitch McConnell, we'll call him Reboot. We're going to call him Reboot McConnell from now on, had the nerve to say this about his vote to send your hard earned money to other countries while you are pinching pennies here abroad. He said, the Senate understands the responsibilities of America's national security and will not neglect them. History settles every account. And today, on the value of American leadership and strength, history will record that the Senate did not blink. Oh, history will record that the Senate didn't blink, all right. Yeah, history will record that every last one of you traitors in office who put America last, history will record all of you. Who needs enemies with friends like these. I wish, I wish that I could just come in and maybe for one week not have to repeat this phrase over and over and over again on this show. But they keep forcing the issue and I, I would be remiss if I didn't say once again, who needs enemies with friends like these? You see, you heard Mitch McConnell right there admit we have a national security crisis here at home. But that's not the priority. Why would that be the priority? We have, like, El Salvadorians who are career criminals with long rap sheets mysteriously voting in our elections before shooting up a Christian church in the name of Palestine. We have known members of terrorist watch lists making their way into our country just lying in wait until their mullah tells them it's time to pull the trigger, literally. We have children who can't go to school, even though Your taxes are paying for them to go to school because illegals are bunking up in their classes, in their cafeterias. The inn is full, guys. And yet, instead of focusing on our own country, our crisis, our human rights crisis, our national security crisis, our border crisis, the Senate has chosen to prioritize and advance other countries' interests once again. And I was not, this was not hyperbolic. I was not, I was not speaking in hyperbole when I said, this is traitorous, this is treasonous, this is treasonous behavior. They see the problem, okay? They admit that there's the problem, but they kick the can down the road because they don't care about you. Now, I will say, thankfully, sanity prevails in the House for now, Speaker Johnson released a scathing statement saying, in part, House Republicans were crystal clear from the very beginning of discussions that any so-called national security supplemental legislation must recognize that national security begins at our own border. He continued, the Senate did the right thing last week by rejecting the Ukraine, Taiwan, Gaza, Israel immigration legislation due to its insufficient border provisions, and it should have gone back to the drawing board to amend the current bill to include real border security provisions that would help end the ongoing catastrophe America deserves better than the Senate's status quo now how disgusting is it is the Senate did the right thing last week by rejecting the Ukraine Taiwan Gaza Israel all other foreign countries except the actual United States which you guys promise promise to represent so A thank you is in order, I guess, to Mike Johnson. This appears to be dead on arrival in the House. Now, as for the 70 in the Senate, I want to be clear here. These people hate you. They hate me. They hate you. I would say they loathe. They loathe you. They loathe us. They don't care that their policies have left you living paycheck to paycheck. They don't care that Bidenomics is making you choose between very difficult things like what do I buy at the grocery store so that I can afford to fill up gas in my tank so that I can get to work and continue making the money that just barely gets me by. They don't care that they're making the country you are raising your kids in less safe. They don't care that their policies are devastating you They don't care that you don't like that they are sending your money to these other countries to represent these other countries' interests rather than yours. They don't care because they hate you. And there's an old saying from Maya Angelou that when people show you who they really are, believe them. And I'm just wondering how much more these people have to show us who they really are and who they represent before we finally believe them, believe these people, believe John Cornyn, career politician John Cornyn, who is Ukraine first and America last. Believe Reboot McConnell when he shows you that, you know, in between the short circuiting, I mean, he's gonna short circuit, we're gonna have to press the reboot button, and then when he gets back up and he's all fired up and all cylinders are running, he is going to vote for America last. How many more times do these people have to show us who they really are before we believe them. So when these people show you who they really are, believe them and then send them packing. And don't think for one second that your job is going to be done because you're gonna show up and you're gonna vote on election day. Don't think that that is the case. Everyone needs to get active. We need to be finding grassroots candidates to run against these people. And then we need to support those people. We need to be boots on the ground for those people. We need to be knocking on doors for those people. We need to be donating to those people. We need to be showing up to events for those people. We need to be telling everyone within those districts who the right person is who is going to finally be America first and represent us first. We have to be doing these things because these these oldies in Congress, these career politicians clearly hate you. And it's time that we send them packing, I would say. All right. When we come back, um, I want to bring my panel in to talk about you guys are going to be shocked to hear um, Joe Biden's physical, you know, Cognitive test isn't really necessary, according to the White House. We'll get into that after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So if you are one of millions of Americans, you just live in constant pain and you just think this is my life now. I hate it. Uh, it kind of puts a damper on everything that I do, but I don't know what, to, what else to do because I've got the arthritis or I've got the knee problems or I've got the back problems, whatever the case may be. You need to try Relief Factor. It has worked for so many people here at our studio, including myself, um, because I have some protruding and herniated discs. Yeah, that's not fun. But what helps it is Relief Factor. And what it does is it actually targets the inflammation in your body. It's an all-natural anti-inflammatory that gets to the root cause of your problem which is usually the inflammation in your body. So it's not going to be like a band-aid where you're going to rub a topical cream and you're like, "Wow, that feels nice for 10 minutes and then you're in pain again." It's not going to do that. It will actually address the root cause it's 100% drug-free and although it is all natural I know some of you men are like snubbing your noses you're like that won't possibly work if it's all natural it was developed by doctors okay so they know what they're doing they're good friends of this program they're good friends of our studio here at Blaze TV and they have this 3 week quick start pack 70% of the people who order this 3 week quick start go on to keep ordering it that many people is working for so the odds are in your favor it can work for you as well i suggest that you give it a try they've got a feel better or your money back guarantee so you're not out anything, okay? You've got nothing to lose but your pain. So go to relieffactor.com. Go get that three week quick start over at relieffactor.com. I want to welcome our panel. Uh, To the set here, we have Yaku Williams, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line, along with the beautiful Liz Wheeler, of course, host of The Liz Wheeler Show and author of Hide Your Children. I'm so glad you're here. You look you look angelic in this white. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to see you in person again. Yes, I know. It's really good to see you guys. Um, So. The White House, y'all are going to be shocked, shocked to hear that the White House says that Joe Biden's next physical, which is set to take place later this month, is not going to include a cognitive test, even after the damning report from his own Department of Justice, his own guys, his own department Highlighting his poor memory, calling him uh, a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Um, But of course, the White House defended Joe Biden based on the doctor's report from last year, which I actually don't even think included a cognitive test in that one. But let's listen to White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre on that.
1: I got this question last week as well, and I'm just gonna say what the what Dr. O'Connor—it's kind of a, a what he said to me about a year ago uh, when the report came out last year, uh, obviously on his physical, uh, which is the president proves every day how he operates, mm, how he, he thinks, sure
2: right? does. by dealing with world leaders, by making mm-hmm. really difficult decisions on behalf of the the American people, whether it's domestic, whether it's national security. And so he shows it every day uh-huh. on how he thinks, how he operates. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that is how uh, that is how the Dr. O'Connor sees it. And that's how I'm going to leave it.
0: You know, Liz, she continues to say this. She's like, well, I mean, the proof is there. Yeah. I- he's showing the American people every day. And I don't understand how they're so tone deaf that they don't see that Americans are like, yes, we know. That's why we have questions about his cognitive abilities. That's what we're seeing every day.
1: In defense of this doctor who's not going to give him a cognitive test, I don't think he needs one. We know the truth. We know the reality. Who was it? Was it Mayorkas that was just on one of the Sunday shows saying, oh, the most difficult or the most challenging part of interacting with Biden is that he's so sharp and he has all these questions. And we're like, well, we knew you were a liar, but this is like taking it to a whole different level. The question that I have, and I don't know the answer to this, actually, the question I have is do Democrat voters, not necessarily like the ideological Marxist left, but your average Democrat voter, do they care enough about Biden's mental decline to not vote for him? Mm. Because it's not really a matter of whether we don't think he's qualified to be president we didn't think he was even with full cognitive ability the question is will it actually prevent someone who would otherwise vote for him from casting their vote for him and i don't know the answer to that Mm. i assume the white house probably has polling that shows them that it doesn't matter and so they're just gonna keep doing what they're
2: doing in polling the ground staff
1: yeah right (laughs) (laughs) that's who
2: they poll is the ground staff you know the the hedge trimmers i i I'd like to take a shot at answering your question. I think the combination of what they see and the border, I saw the border become a real, real issue. Mm. and I think this election is a border election. I didn't think it would happen with all the trips we've had to the border and all the work, but three weeks ago, the pendulum swung. I mean, it absolutely, there was a tipping point for the, so I think the combination, but then I want to, in a way, walk back my own answers saying, but they're not going to have to vote for him. It's not going to mm, be him. You think?
1: Oh, you think that they're going to put yeah. someone else instead they're gonna of walk him.
2: They're going to walk him out of the White House. They're in process of doing so. And, and Sarah, think about it this way. If they were to do a cognitive test right now, let's say they were transparent for a minute, for a New York minute, did an actual cognitive test and released the actual reports, they'd have to, they'd have to walk him out today. And Kamala would sit and have a tenure. Kamala would have a season, right? And they, mm-hmm. that I don't see them do. I think they would ride Joe to the end of his term. But watch, I've said at least. Hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna live and die by this thing, right? I said it from the start. They will say he's medically unfit. Yeah, he did to run a second term. Not not the right. The the even the Marxist left. They will they will sacrifice him. Well. I believe.
0: I mean, I don't. I I think even if you. I think you could probably discard the Marxist left because I don't think that that's the majority of their voting block. But, I mean. You are seeing people, average Democrats, I would say, blue dog Democrats who are like, I can't afford groceries. I can't afford my gas. Um, I'm watching you guys blow all of my money on Ukraine and Israel and Gaza and all of these different, you know, humanitarian efforts rather than taking care of your own people at home. I mean, amidst of me seeing all of these things, on top of that, I have a president who seems to just be a walking potato. So I have to wonder if it's like the combination of everything, because I don't think for one second that the average Democrat voter is going to give a crap if Joe Biden is cognitively aware. I I think that there was a lot of evidence to suggest that in the 2020 election.
2: Well, they didn't before. Yeah, right. To your point.
0: Right. And so now we have this disastrous record on top of it, and it just makes you wonder if all of this in combination is going to be enough for Democrats to not just not vote for Joe Biden, but vote for Donald Trump
1: I don't even know if they need to do that though just stay home just yeah if yeah, they stay home just, yeah. See, here's here's basically how I'm thinking about it and I forget the guy's name who's the guy that always um the sportscaster that hosts the Olympics all the time he was on Bill Maher's show just this past Bob Costas it might have been him Bob. it might have been him um, it's going viral on Twitter. Anyone can look it up. <laughs> but he was on Bill Maher's show this past week and he was insulting the mega movement. He was saying they need to be he's like, no offense to conservatives, to Republicans, but they need to be eradicated. It's poison. Oh, my He's In the same sentence, in his same answer, he was talking about how Biden is unfit for the position. And I thought, OK, he's a very good example of what I'm talking about or this question that I have, it's because up. he mm-hmm. you, I mean, he's not a centrist he's not an independent he's a very hardcore democrat probably not a marxist leftist i'm not sure he's smart enough to to do that but i'm not sure that given the contrast in his own mind between trump and biden that biden's cognitive decay would prevent him from voting for biden if trump is the opposition that that's that's my question i don't know i i personally think that they're not going to bring someone else in to replace biden i think that this is their way of humiliating us as the voters mm-hmm. saying even though we know the majority of our own base think that biden is unfit we're going to rig the elections and we are going to put the person in the white house that we want regardless of what you think mm-hmm. and you know that we know we cheated right. you know we cheated and we want you to sit there and look us in the eye and understand that we control you now
0: yeah they, i mean i wouldn't put it past them no I they, they want to rub our noses i in wouldn't
2: it like but off. i i would say liz i believe they want they want to go more radical more radical and for that you need you need an active participant that can actually function they're now at the point where our society have so lost our identity where now you would think they would want to actually you know bring more heat and and a, a Michelle Obama Ugh. a Gavin Newsom is an agent of death participating actively cognitively have forfeited their own Ability to think, their own will, their own desire, and would be a, I would say, an equally willing tool, instrument, in their hands, but but, but could actively participate.
0: You had it right with the other version of tool, anyway. But um, I want to play on this topic. I want to I want to play John Stewart uh, on Joe Biden. Watch.
2: I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct. Of the response in Gaza in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top
0: <laughs>
2: this is what I mean
1: it's actually a really good invitation <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: garbanzo <laughs> <laughs> Garmin, Gaza. (laughs) By the way, uh, the response in Gaza has been over the top.
0: I mean, when you've got late night, you know, leftist comedians coming after you, it's not going well. And there was was also the Axios uh, report that I read this morning that was about the border, how Biden botched the border. Exclusive, there it is. Exclusive. Exactly. How Biden botched the border. And it goes into all of these details uh, about how, you know, Kamala is passing the blame, saying that she, she's like, listen, I'm all I'm doing as Borders are is trying to figure out why people are coming here. <laughs> Why are people leaving their home countries in Latin America to come here? Now, we are giving them a place to live and free stuff and, you know... uh All of these things that they're not getting in their home country, but we just can't figure out why why they're coming here. Uh, They had this. It said the White House didn't want to talk publicly about immigration or the border, feeling it would draw attention to a political vulnerability, which is why publicly they downplayed jumps in illegal border crossings as normal ebbs and flows, even as some internally pushed to acknowledge that the problem was significant. I mean, it was very, very It was not a glowing review of Joe Biden's policy on the border. And it just seems like all of his former allies are now finally speaking up and going, "Okay, we're sounding the alarm that something is wrong. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, first of all, let me tell you exactly why people want to come here. (laughs) And it's not because of. Um, our economics. It's not because of all the free stuff. It's because they're treated as first-class citizens when we're treated as second-class citizens. I flew with my three-year-old daughter this week, and I had a little pudding cup for her in my diaper bag. It's the right size. It's an appropriate food thing to bring for a child. They pulled me for extra screening. They made my husband undergo a bomb screening for it. Meanwhile, this is the same airport that two weeks ago, illegal aliens who didn't have any IDs and didn't Mm -hmm. disclose their names were housed in for free. Mm -hmm. So why was I pulled aside as if I was some terrorist because I had pudding for my toddler right. in the diaper bag when we were going on a four hour flight because I'm a citizen. And why did they get a house in the airport without any idea? Because they're non-citizens. That's why people are coming here. Mm. And Joe Biden expressly invited them yes, to did. come here for that purpose. Of course, they're coming here. Yeah. I do not believe that Axios is sincere in ringing this bell. I think that they see that Biden is going to have a crisis mm-hmm. in public opinion at the election. Mm-hmm. And they see this as an opportunity for him to solve some problem. You remember a couple months ago, they thought about, this was actually late last year, they thought about bringing back mask mandates in federal places, and everyone was like, okay, we're calling your bluff, you're just doing that so that you can solve COVID again in the spring, Mm -hmm. so that people are happy with you going into election season. That didn't work, so they need something for him to solve. It's not going to be inflation, it's not going to be the war in Ukraine, so they want him to at least ostensibly, I don't think he actually would, but ostensibly solve the border crisis so that they can go into November being
0: like, see, he heard you and he did something. Yeah, yeah. It it took him three and a half years. But look,
2: it it really doesn't matter at this point. And I'll just be very frank. It doesn't matter whether Biden shuts the border down or Trump shuts the border down. The crisis is not solvable. The crisis has landed. Yeah, twenty million are here. Yeah.
0: Well, it's solvable, but it's going to include mass deportation
2: uh, over a very long oh, period correct. of time. We're already in uh, And I'll say this to all the time. conservatives: just say, mass, "I'm an immigrant." Just mass deport, mass deport. You have to find a person to deport him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't self. They don't s- self admit to the program. Yes. Hey, we're going to deport, and they wrong just me line that said up. That they would yeah. self okay? deport. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. ridiculous. So. The crisis has landed, and that penny needs to drop to Americans. This is this is for a while. Mm. We're going to deal with this for a while, N- not yes. four years. Mm-mm. We better start that thinking is. eight, 12 that years is. of fixing this country. This is post. Yeah, Trump comes in and does a tremendous job in fixing it, but he can only give us four.
1: Right. Yeah. The, I, I yeah. actually think that you're correct, because the board, what's happening at the border is almost separate than the crisis that we're going to face as a result of yes, the open border. Uh, exactly. so you could go and close the border and you would still have this, I would call it a generational problem because yeah. it's, yeah. it's not just a matter. I know a lot of people say, Oh, illegal immigrants are going to vote for Biden. Well, they're, they're probably not right. And mass, there's not that kind of mass voter fraud scheme going on. But what they do is they change the number of representatives that we have in Congress, mm-hmm. because when, you know, you have a blue district that has say one Democrat Redraw representative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you yeah. have this influx of people coming see. in. Our constitution calls for districting based on the number of People mm-hmm. that reside there, no, no mention of citizenship, legality or illegality. Exactly. So then, all of a sudden, you have all these people. You have two Democrats yeah. that represent that same area that goes to Congress, and it changes the fabric of our nation.
2: In, in, in the next cycle, Dallas will lose a conservative seat purely by by, by number. Yep. The other thing is, and you say this often, is how it how it stresses the healthcare system, the education system, mm-hmm. your social service system. This isn't that doesn't go away by just shutting the border down. This is a landed. Semi-permanent crisis yeah. that we will deal with for a while. I want to I play another clip here.
0: So, you know, we often say, well, you guys want these open borders and you guys want to house these illegals. Go for it. Be my guest. Why don't you invite them into your home? Well, there are some people in New England who are like, fine, we'll do that. And I want to play for you um, this, this woman who has invited these Haitian refugees into her home. And I want you to pay really close attention to what she finds to be the benefit of this arrangement. Watch.
2: It's a delight, and it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef. (laughs) Wow.
0: Wow. Are we we bringing back indentured servitude? Because this that's what it's about to these people. They're like, Well, who else would mow my lawn? And who else would would do all of my laundry every day if we didn't have these refugees and illegals coming across the border? Who else would do that? That's what these people think.
2: Which by the way, debt bondage and that's a form of debt bondage. You can live here but you gotta mow the lawn. You can live here, but you gotta cook to servitude is human trafficking. Yeah. By definition the
1: editor of that package didn't cut that line out. <laughs> it's actually funnier to me than the fact that she said it. Obviously
0: she's stupid, but I'm like someone aired they left that they <laughs> oh.
2: left it in. They
0: yeah. didn't they couldn't they didn't even understand they how bad it, made, how bad it made them look. They're like, Oh yeah, that is pretty cool. A personal chef, I might get me one of those Haitian uh, refugees. That would be really convenient for me. This is the elites that are you know they also vote i would just like to point out um all right let's go ahead and uh let's take a quick break and then we will be we will be back with more i want to talk about tony bobolinski's uh testimony on the hill today we'll be right back
2: got something to say leave sarah a message at 888-969-5113
0: So Tony Bobolinsky he is Hunter Biden's former business associate who has been, I would say, has been saying this for a while. He has been trying to sound alarm bells. He's held press conferences. Uh, for the most part, the mainstream media has blown him off, I guess, maybe... B- other than Fox News. But he has been saying for a while now he's finally saying on the Hill in testimony that Joe Biden was the one who enabled Hunter to sell access to the United States most dangerous adversaries, including China and Russia. And um, as of the time of this taping, he he is on the Hill right now, but they expect him. They are reporting that he will testify that from, quote, direct personal experience end quote. It's clear that Joe Biden was the brand being sold by the Biden family. Uh, He said in a statement, Joe Biden was more than a participant in and beneficiary of his family's business. He was an enabler, Despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability, he said the only reason any of these international business transactions took place, with tens of millions of dollars flowing directly to the Biden family, was because Joe Biden was in high office. Now he is also set to detail the uh, CEFC's arrangement with the Biden family. That is the Chinese energy company that we are so familiar with here, because you know the House continues to uncover all of these wire transfers where the money's flowing, and he. Said Says that it is CEFC is a surrogate of the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. Duh. Yep. Duh. We've only been saying it here in conservative media for I don't know how many years now have we been talking about this? I guess since Trump's phone call, where he tried to root out corruption in Ukraine and got impeached over it. Yeah. Duh. Now, my question to you guys, because I I covered this extensively for a while, anytime the House would uncover new evidence. And then I was like, I don't know. I kind of don't believe that anything's ever going to happen from it. So maybe I shouldn't waste my time talking about it.
1: Well, I, listen, I appreciate what Tony Bobulinski is doing. Of course. I appreciate that he's testifying. I appreciate he's exposing this corruption. But it's a little bit like that doctor and the Biden cognitive test. Like, yeah, yeah do we need to hear this? Right. Because we know yeah. we know the reality. It's the same question. It's does this impact? voters. And I would argue that this does impact Democrat voters probably more than Biden's cognitive decay because of the case study that we had before 2020 when the New York Post article about Hunter Biden's laptop Mm -hmm. was squashed and you had that, I think it was an MRC poll afterward that said something like 30% of Democrat voters would have at least reconsidered their vote. People do care about Biden's corruption. One note that I want to make that I think is overlooked a little bit because Joe Biden, aside from his cognitive decay, I suppose, has a a generally pleasant personality, a little creepy, yes. I'm not saying that he's likable, but he's not like Gavin Newsom, which he's just like super villain. Um, He always talks about how much he loves his family and his son. And I just think about Hunter Biden, right? Like we like to make jokes about Hunter Biden or talk about how disgusting the things he does are, but he's a 50-year-old man who is literally like at rock bottom, Mm. right? He is addicted to drugs. He's messed up his family. He's denied his children. Like he's had so many relationships with like strippers and marriages and his brother's widow like just a nightmare like actually very sad and what does his father do instead of helping him he trots him out in front of some of the most vicious dictators or entities obviously tied to the chinese communist dictator in the world like nothing could be more evil like you are not a family man you don't love your son actually if you're doing that and i feel like that's often overlooked because biden goes oh i wear a rosary bracelet like okay
0: yeah and right Right. Right. Of You. How dare you question? I don't remember the day my son died. That's always what we hear from him. Yeah. To your point, Liz, it's always supposed to. It, well, it's, of course, meant to invoke emotion within you. Like, don't don't judge this poor old man for his decisions that he's made because his son died. So maybe he, you know, funneled a little money to his son and then to his own bank account. Maybe he was, you know, on the side de- talking in cahoots with the Chinese Communist Party. But he's such a good dad.
2: Yeah, look. Scripture tells us, you know, it's not a battle of flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And this is what this is literally what it looks like. This is how it manifests. Scripture also says a man can be deceived, or you can be under a spirit of deception. When a human being comes into agreement with evil at this level, they will literally sacrifice their own. No matter what they tell you, Hillary Clinton will eat her young. They will do it mm-hmm. because because the allegiances, the soul ties they have formed. They are blinded, not no excuse, but they are. They're so deceived that, on the one hand, he can take his own son, his own son that he says he loves, and use him as a pawn mm-hmm. to his own good, and then tell you straight face, But I love him. It's so I evil, love him. I, right. I, I, I'll buy him his cocaine, but I love him. I, I'll send him in. So. I agree with Liz. It's abusive actually. It's really
1: like a father as is beating Jill, his son and being like I'm doing this cuz I love as you. As is Abby's Jill party.
2: Biden. Yes. As is Jill Biden, you know, sending her husband out there to be a buffoon for the world to see for her own game to be first lady and to play it play it proper in the White House like playing Barbie. I agree 100% with Liz that this case is a little different than the cognitive conversation. You don't have federal law against having cognitive problems but there's law against corruption yeah Mm -hmm. and the reason we need this to go through is you need an indictment you need prosecution because he he is a corrupt leader of of a of a nation like a a
1: indictment of hunter by the way
2: yeah yeah well like a joseph like like a joseph kabila congo who rapes and plunders his own people, Biden's the same. I could say Biden should go in front of an international tribunal with what he has caused from from COVID to the border to rape and plunder, enticing people to leave their families and sell their children in Guatemala and make them them take a 2,000-mile track. He should go in front of an international tribunal, as should Fauci, and pay the price. And corruption in this country normally sticks. Tax fraud, they love to prosecute tax fraud. Tax fraud right? Mm -hmm. Corruption. They want to slap it on Trump. They want to go after him because it's a tool that works. So let's go after Biden with corruption.
0: And and to, to Liz's point, I feel like Joe would be perfectly happy if Hunter was his fall guy. In, at the end like i think he'd be perfectly happy no i don't think he would at I all think he no just doubt. can't allow it because he knows that hunter would hunter yeah. would Can squeal as him. soon as someone pinched him. his ear yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah the
1: other thing and this is where i think conservatives have made a little bit of a mistake i hope we retool this narrative like in the upcoming year because i think that of of all the immorality that's in our country one of the elements of morality that has stuck is nobody likes a cheater Right, Mm -hmm. that's just like an element of of inherent human nature, natural law, whatever you want to talk about. Nobody likes a cheater, which is why I think they care about Biden's corruption, even though they don't care about cognitive decay, even though they Mm -hmm. don't care about, I mean, they care about inflation, but enough to change your vote. I don't know. Um, They care about cheating, and conservatives have made a mistake because they've said that Joe Biden has benefited from Hunter Biden's shenanigans. That's not true. Joe Biden is Hunter Biden's shenanigans. He hasn't just been the cause. Right. He is the business. He is the business. Hunter's actually not the business.
2: No. Hunter no. is just the
1: advertisement. Right, of course. Joe Biden the is the means to an end. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. And I think conservatives need to double down on that a little bit because the one defense that's been effective coming from the left is being like, well, Hunter, I mean, we feel sorry for him. He's out of control. Mm-hmm. We try to get him help. He does this. He's just a good father bringing him along in Air Force Two to meet with the Chinese communists because he loves him. And it's like, no, Joe Biden is the business. He didn't, it wasn't just 10% for the big guy.
0: Everything was Joe Biden. Yeah, well, I mean, you certainly can't look at Hunter and go like, whoa, that was the that was the the brains behind this operation. <laughs> so. a really, really <laughs> secret
1: mastermind then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, the guy who had no experience in any of these, you know, the, the oil and gas and all these the Ukraine companies and stuff. It's like, how much experience do you have with this? Zero. Perfect. You're in. You like, think
2: Verismo looked at him and said, Right. The resume is
0: right. Done. This is exactly what we, we think were looking you can for. learn on the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so really quick here, and then I know I know we have to take a break. But so Donald Trump is supposed to attend the hearing in Georgia. I believe this is Thursday on misconduct allegations against DA Fannie Willis, who is of course overseeing the RICO case against Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants, and is now being accused of having an improper relationship with the lead prosecutor Nathan Wade. And it's not just the personal relationship it's not just the intimate relationship while he was technically married it's more so like the financial benefit that he received with all of these what was it over six hundred and fifty thousand dollars that he has been paid by the city um even though he had never tried uh any sort of case like this in his entire career and oh by the way he's also taking her on lavish vacations so i guess my question is you know we keep saying How much like is enough enough? Is this enough yet? Is this enough to sway the average Democrat voter? Is this enough to get people to show up at the ballot box? Um, Do people are people going to care that that all of these people that are trying to throw the book at Donald Trump based off of nothing are actually the corrupt ones? Are people going to care?
2: I I don't. Again, Liz, please disagree if you do. But I, my a concern I've had for a long time is that I don't know that conservatives have learned the lesson how important local is. Yeah. Your local prosecutors, local government, your school board, your superintendent, county judge, county clerk, your prosecutors in a in a district. This is where they have absolutely decimated you know our argument and our stability is local. And no, I don't think they care. We look at the White House. We do a good job looking at Joe Biden or the Obamas, you know, high profile. But we take our eye off these kind of things and we should pay more attention to this going, listen, this needs to stop. Right. In order for this to stop, we need to, we need to fix it you know, soup to nuts. But I I don't think so. I don't think it moves the needle.
0: Yeah, I think, Liz, that people will care to the extent of they're like, yeah, get this woman off if she's diverting funds, our taxpayer funds, to someone who she shouldn't be paying. But also, I think Donald Trump is guilty. Like, I think that's going to be the, exactly. the mentality of the average person in Georgia or, you know, the average Democrat uh, around the country is like, yeah, I mean, I still hate Donald Trump and I still think he should be charged with all of these things. But that woman also should just be removed.
1: So there, to a certain extent, there'll be a, a portion of maybe independents and centrists who believe that. I think to your point, you're correct about um, negligence at, in mm-hmm. local politics, for lack of a better word. I've, I've been saying since Fannie Willis came out with this indictment that the only way to stop this kind of lawfare is for conservative or right-leaning DAs in red cities to bring RICO charges against Joe Biden. Why would they stop doing this against Donald Trump unless they are forced to take a taste of their own medicine? And we have more than enough evidence, as we were just discussing, to get... Um, Not just Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden and all of his associates. So conservatives, as always, need to be a little bit more based, a little bit more savage. They need to understand who the opposition is, because oftentimes conservatives just think, oh, you know, it's in politics. We're just we have a little bit different opinions, but we have the same bedrock values. Mm -hmm. Like, what evidence do you need? What more evidence do you need to realize that? No, we are not negotiating against a well-intentioned political opposition. These are people who fundamentally hate us, fundamentally hate our country, and we have to fight back accordingly by doing that. I think that there is a portion of the Republican base that needs to be energized in favor of Trump. And I'm not talking about like the new never-Trumpers. I'm talking about the reaction, for example, when Trump's mugshot came out. I think that was one of his single biggest fundraising days. He handled that like a champ. I mean, most hilarious mugshot in history i would argue so epic and i think going to this this hearing is the same kind of baller move for lack of a better word i i if anyone can pull this off trump can pull that off and i think that if you can energize the republican base in favor of trump and show them that the corruption is not just about donald trump and his words and his actions and his tweets but it is the it's it Basically why he won in 2016, right, was because he said I'm one of them and I'm going to stand in between you because what they are doing to me, they want to do to you. If he can make this corruption and this cheating that same dynamic where he says, "Listen, I'm going to stand here, but this is what they want to do to you. I'm just what's in the way." Then I think that it will energize the Republican base. Democrats, I don't know, and there's always going to be a section of never trumpers, but if he plays it right, I think
0: he can benefit from it. Yeah, I agree. All right, we've uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. I think both of you uh, will. When I say love, I mean hate this next story here. So prestigious universities, we talk about this all the time. They're offering just a ton of ideological motivated courses on race and gender and decolonization and interrogating whiteness, all sorts of different things. So Columbia University, this is ranked 12th in the nation, uh, focusing on colonialism, activism. There is one course uh, that is De-col- decolonial queerness and abolition that discusses the continuing impact since 1492 of a neo-colonial neo-imperial euro-american informed uh, modernity and then they say we will examine selected themes such as racialized gender including masculinities guys tell, i'm like i'm reading this and my eyes are just glazing over <laughs> including masculinities sexual sexuality intimacy class age power relationships and Their intersections. Yes. And it will also be asking what decolonial gender based readings and formulations of feminisms and queerness exist that evade the apparent tidiness of European feminist and narrow LGBTQIA categories. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I think they just wake up in the morning and they have a list of buzzwords and they like roll the dice so many times and they're like, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to use this one, this one, and this one today in this class summary. And we're just going to throw them all together and make a sentence that like structurally makes sense. But when anyone reads it, it makes no sense. Like we're, we're just living in a delusion right now. And... People are paying how much money to go to Columbia University, to go to Yale, to go to all of these universities that this is what they're learning. At at what time, at what point does this education, the higher education system just completely implode?
2: It's done. It's done, Sarah. It's done. Is it?
0: Because I have an 11-year-old, and I'm like...
2: You're not sending your 11-year-old. Of course i I'm not. Of course, you. not. You're You're not, not of course I'm not. No, of course I'm not. your 11-year-old. But, but or people that act.
0: People act as if that's... Know, well, that's just I know, what happens. And I'm, I'm like, I, I'm not going to send my 11-year-old to get this. Get
2: over the college experience and the football experience. And, uh, this I'm is, over it. These are indoctrination camps. Have you seen what happens when you take vomit?
0: I already hate this analogy.
1: I know, I'm just like, I don't even want to know where this
0: is going. You take vomit and you
2: throw it in a tumble dryer, okay? <laughs> yeah. That's what comes out what of is the it inside the your left. mind? Yeah. Vomit. That's what's inside. This is, this is, this is vile. This is like a dog returns to its vomit. That's the left. They will go, and, and we, and we take it and we give it fuel and, and we, and we consider their opinion as if it has validity, like the, the argument of what is a woman? There's no validity in the question. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you cut it off. You cut the head off the snake. You don't tolerate this nonsense. And, and honestly, we're complicit. We keep sending our kids to Texas, Austin, schools, yeah. which is an indoctrination yeah. camp. We take TCU, take the C out of your name because there's no Christian, on. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing Christ resembling on campus. But we keep sending our kids, go get yourself a quarter million dollars debt because daddy's daddy's alma mater and you want the football experience. Until you have a mass boycott of saying, you don't touch my kids. Yeah. Okay. We're going to educate them in alternative education. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to break this. Up. Where's Eric? Where's Eric July when you need him? Yeah. Burn this thing to the ground. The American public education system and our tertiary education system is one of our most corrupt institutions in this country. I feel like he's preaching to the choir here, Liz.
1: Yeah, it is. And I am laughing cuz he said vomit like 10 times on the show. Not because this is actually vomit. not because this is a funny topic, but because it's I don't care how old you are this is an objectively funny word. Um But it's not, it's not funny. And the one word that, I mean, I was having a hard time like listening to the whole course catalog because it makes no sense. It makes no sense. (laughs) Except for the fact that it's all Marxist words, right? So let's talk about one of those words, intersectionality. So intersectionality, Is this concept, if you will, that the word itself was coined by the same woman who coined the word critical race theory. It is a it is a Marxist ideology. We know that Marxist ideology pits the oppressed against the oppressors. They want the oppressed to overthrow the oppressors, right? We see this in our country. So it's not only poisonous abstractly to teach young people in college these concepts and pretend that every aspect of your being, whether you're a woman, whether you are a certain age, whether your skin is a certain color, whether your hair is a certain color, whether you have disability status makes you oppressed. It's not just stupid and false to teach that to people. What's happening is what we saw happen at Joel Osteen's church, Mm -hmm. right, where this this transgender individual, and I say that with quotation marks, I believe it was a woman who at some point was identifying as a man with Picture yeah, honestly, yeah. I couldn't tell which was which whether it was biological man identifying as woman or vice versa. But this is this is the thing we shouldn't be surprised to see this increase in horrific acts or attempted horrific acts being committed by people in the name of queer theory which is also a marxist ideology right the same type as intersectionality because at their core these ideologies are violent and they're revolutionary they tell people based on any of these characteristics you're a woman you're oppressed you're lgbtq you're oppressed you're about to face genocide all your rights are being taken away and what happens in the minds of otherwise mentally ill individuals is they feel like they're going to be killed and Mm -hmm. what do they do. They feel mm-hmm. like their only recourse then is to kill their oppressors God, before they're God. killed first. Yeah. So we can sit here and we can laugh at this course catalog because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. But the actual ramifications of this aren't just indoctrinated children that turn out to vote leftist. It's violent terrorists mm-hmm. is the outgrowth of this of this um, of this teaching at these schools. And I don't blame you. I wouldn't send my children
0: to yeah to college either. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, honey, we're going to trade school. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a break. We'll be right back. All right. All right. So before we go, I want to make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure the Liz Wheeler show. No, not mine. Not mine yet. Not mine. Thank you. I'm deferring to my beautiful uh female that i have here it's a nice troll by the control room though yeah i know (laughs) see and i'm trying i need to get um audio i'm trying to get audio into the control room so i can yell at my director who happens to be my husband and we can actually hear him talk back so coming soon okay but make sure that you are subscribed to the liz wheeler show
2: don't give her that button to yell at steve why
1: i didn't know that was your head that Yes. yeah
2: it's him yes. yeah i yeah,
0: it, well, You
1: should
2: promoting oh, list. promote Liz.
0: No, he should be able to speak out on the set though yes, yes that's oh, what yeah. I want that's what I want um, also make sure that you go uh, subscribe to The Bottom Line with Jakub Buyans. and okay you can throw that graphic up really quick yeah make sure that you subscribe to my <laughs> podcast as well go to where you get your audio podcast they added an explicit filter to like a bunch of Blaze podcasts and it's hiding us so make sure that you subscribe rate and review we'll see you tomorrow